Hey guys, welcome to Heal, Survive, and Thrive. I'm so excited that you're here. If you're new to this podcast, my name is Stephanie. I'm a life and relationship coach. I also make videos on YouTube. If you're interested, I always link all of the information, YouTube, Instagram, courses, services, things like that down below so you can click that for more info. Let's get into this week's topic because this is a good one. If you have ever been in a relationship with someone who's narcissistic or really even any relationship with a narcissist, it doesn't have to be a romantic one, um, you will know that coming to terms with who this person is and really grieving the loss of who you actually thought they were when you realize, oh my God, I'm dealing with someone that I think could possibly have NPD or might have you know, this type of personality disorder, this is not a normal relationship. This is not a normal person. This is not a normal breakup. So I want to get into grieving who you thought the narcissist was. So first off, when we grieve the loss of anything, whether it's a death or change that happens in our lives or anything, there's going to be certain stages that we go through. And we've all heard this before. So we're going to go through things like denial. We might go through, go through things like depression. Um, with some with dealing with a narcissistic relationship there's going to be like a little bit more that you're going to go through than like I said the average relationship because this is not an average person this is not a typical person this is not a a death even though we categorize it as a death um it is dealing with when you deal with a death that type of grief is very different than dealing with, I thought you were this person and now you're absolutely not this person. And when you come to that realization, if you're also dealing with things like betrayal and cheating and lying and affairs and like real serious emotional abuse, which you are going to get in this relationship, then you're grieving the loss of, yes, who you would want this person to be, who you projected them to be. But now you're also dealing with the aftermath of recovering from this relationship and healing from this relationship. So there's a multitude of things that are going on. And that's why when you grieve this type of a relationship, it's not easy because it's not just a simple grieving of a relationship ending and having to accept that. There are deep layers that you really have to go through and work on in order to be good to go, in order to kind of come out of this alive, so to speak, and not have this really you know, traumatic event completely devastate you and ruin your entire life. So half the reason why I even started my practice was because I wanted to help people who are going through this type of situation because I see so often where these relationships do break a person. It causes them to be completely erratic or they can become completely bitter or they can never move on or they can never heal. It's just a wound that is staying with them for way too long and they never really actually did the work to really heal from this experience. And not only heal from it, but quite frankly, let's learn a lesson here. Let's get better. Eric Thomas, I follow him all the time. Um, He's a motivational speaker and something that he always says, and it has just stuck with me, and I couldn't agree more, is if you're going to go through pain, get something for your pain. So if you're going to go through this experience, if you have no choice but to go through this experience, 
learn something from it. And it's not learn what were the red flags that I overlooked next time for the next person or the next time I start dating or whatever that looks like. It's really about healing some core stuff within you. It's about, you know, reprogramming some deep stuff within you because this person, no matter what they did to you, no matter what type of grief you're going through, whether it's just a breakup or it is betrayal or it is, you know, cheating or whatever that looks like, they are essentially bringing to the forefront the things that you have to work on that are deep rooted inside of you. This person is just bringing out what was probably already there to begin with. So this person is now your teacher. So learn from this experience and this person, not just all the red flags that you overlooked, because guess what? The next person comes up and you didn't do any inner work. They give you similar flags, maybe not exactly the same, but similar you're going to overlook those as well because you never fixed the real problem, which is the wound that's kind of sitting in front of you. So, but let's get into grief because when we think about grief there in this relationship, like I said, is different than any other relationship. So something that's going to happen here is you're going to actually first come to the realization that you're dealing with someone that's not well. So this is where you, something just feels off where there's a part of you that's seeking knowledge. And this is where you start Googling and you want to start finding out answers. And you, you know, I I think I'm being emotionally abused. And when they behave in this way, it doesn't feel right. And so this is where the truth kind of comes out, which really shocks you that, oh my God, I think this person has MPD. And I think this person is uncurable. Like, I don't think anything's actually going to change here. So, and and again, this doesn't matter if you're in the relationship or if you're out of the relationship. And if you're out of it, it doesn't matter if they left you or you left them. Coming to the realization that this person is not going to change, that this is a very serious, deep-rooted condition that has been ingrained in them since a very, very young age, that's a shock. That's oh my God, this is unfixable. And there's no amount of therapy that we can do together to like really work on this. So you kind of first hit that realization point of utter shock and real devastation and disappointment because you understand that, or you're starting to understand that nothing is going to change this person, that what you see in front of you is what you're always going to get. I think sometimes people, it takes them a while to get to this point. They don't often really believe this realization that's kind of hit them. They still kind of bargain with it a little bit and bargaining is definitely a part of the grief process, but um, they want, they believe that on some level, maybe there's a, a little tiny, tiny bit of a chance that this person could change, that they could heal you know, and I get it so often in sessions, like stuff, like, what do you think? Like, is this possible? Could this person really change? If they went to therapy, if they did this, da, 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 da. And I can tell in the back of their mind, all they want, all they're thinking is like, please say yes, please say yes. Because the hope is, is that eventually I'm going to deal with somewhat of a decent person, somewhat of a healthy person. Because maybe at one point you did see that, which was the character. Um, And then even that thought in itself kind of hits you and you realize like, oh my God, what I'm grieving right now is someone that doesn't actually exist. I'm grieving a character. And then of course it hits you again of like, oh my God, I was actually in this relationship and 
this person wasn't and this this person wasn't here um was the relationship real and you start really asking yourself those questions which cause a lot of pain the thing about coming to these realizations is on one hand it's going to 100% bring a ton of pain to the forefront because you're getting answers. You're getting answers to questions that maybe you weren't necessarily asking yourself, but you were definitely seeking answers in some way, shape, or form. And when you start to get these answers, it brings a level of awakening to you where you kind of understand what was really going on here. Your consciousness begins to rise a little bit. You begin to learn a little bit about yourself and your past. And you may not fully, you know, have a huge awakening or dive into self-development. You get to choose how far you go with this and how much you take this experience and learn as much as you can from it. But a lot of people really do a lot of self-reflecting right now. And this is where this person has actually saved your life because this person has jolted something in you which has a lot, which has caused you to really seek these answers, to seek this truth. Now, the truth that you're seeking isn't always going to be pretty. It's not going to always be an easy truth to take. It could be painful, and most most likely it is, because you're dealing with the reality that what you want is not going to come to fruition. And no one wants to not get what they want. So we're going to have to deal with how we feel about that and the ramifications of it. I think a lot of people go through when they really get faced with the truth, which is this person is narcissistic or they have narcissistic tendencies or we don't necessarily have to diagnose anyone, just this is really something that is not going to be fixable. Maybe it's something that this person doesn't want to fix. Maybe this person's completely unaware. Maybe this person completely discarded me and they don't even care. So dealing with whatever the realization is for you about this person and about your relationship with this person is a hard pill to swallow. And I think a lot of people will deny what the truth is because they don't want to face the reality because maybe now what? Maybe now I was duped. Maybe now I wasted 25 years in a relationship. Maybe now um, I can never be in another relationship again because how can I ever trust another person to be who they say they are when I never in a million years saw this coming. So here comes all of the doubt that you're going to have about other people and quite frankly about yourself that you can trust not only others but yourself. So today I want to talk about teeth and specifically keeping mine super bright. If you're like me, you're confused by all the variation of teeth whitening products on the market. Since taking Smile Brilliant on as a sponsor, I've learned a few things that you may find helpful, such as the LED lights are a novelty item, strips neglect the gum lines and molars, the charcoal is abrasive and wears down the enamel, and the whitening toothpaste only works on surface stains. So what the heck works? The number one product recommended by dentists is the custom fitted trays. They are, however, very, very costly as it requires the dentist to make them by hand using a model of your teeth. With Smile Brilliance Lab Direct Process, you can have custom fitted teeth whitening trays at a fraction of the price without a single visit to the dentist. 
Yes, please. Using an exact model of your teeth, Smile Brilliance Lab Technicians will handcraft your trays to ensure the best possible results. Simply order the system at smilebrilliant.com using the coupon code THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, for 30% off. Make your dental impressions at home and then return them to Smile Brilliant using the prepaid envelope provided. In a matter of a week, Smile Brilliant will have your trays mailed back. I think when you go through this process and you start to see things for what they are and you start to learn about this type of personality, you are immediately, like I said, you're going to go through some kind of awakening. How deep you go through any kind of spiritual awakening, having gone through this painful experience, is really up to you. Some people go knee deep into self-development and because they're experiencing so much pain, they go, they don't want to experience that ever again and so they need to learn skills in order to cope with what it is that they're feeling or, and that then snowballs into let me self-reflect on why I am the way I am and what happened to me growing up. So there's going to be a piece of that self-development that you're going to dive into where you're seeking answers, where you want to educate yourself now, not just on, you know, the traits of someone who's narcissistic, but you're going to dive into what were the things that this person did that weren't okay? What type of emotional abuse did they give me that wasn't okay? What was the abusive cycle? What was trauma bonding? This is where we start to learn all the vocabulary and we dive into like every possible blog article that you could ever read that will give me some kind of answer to help soothe the confusion that I have in my mind as to what did I actually just experience and go through because you're going to experience shock. You're going to experience not wanting to face the truth, you're going to experience, but yet wanting to seek the truth and educating yourself. So you ebb and flow in all these different areas where you're watching every single YouTube video. And like by the time I get a client on the phone, they've watched every single one of my videos and they know all the terminology and they understand, but they're still going through and obsessively thinking about the relationship because there's still a sense of confusion in that person and they want answers, which is really, they have the answers in front of them, but they haven't fully accepted the answers that are in front of them. Oh, next we're going to go into the lovely phase of rage, just rage, utter rage and anger for having gone through everything that you've gone through. This is where you're mad. You know what I mean? Like you're pissed. Like I'm angry. Like I'm upset. Like I'm mad that I had to go through this. I'm mad that I'm here at this place in my life. I'm mad at you for being who you are. I'm mad for you not being able to change and you having all of this dysfunction inside of you. Being angry is or wronged or betrayed is 100% part of the process, especially when you're dealing with this type of person because chances are you saw the knight in shining armor. You saw the woman that you've, you know, maybe always wanted to meet to some extent. And I say to some extent because as much as in the early phases of dating, you think that you've met your soulmate, throughout the course of any relationship with someone who's narcissistic, you be, you begin to see a mask fall off. You begin to see bits and pieces of things that are not okay. Now, whether or not you listened to that little nudge talking to you is a completely different subject, but 
you saw it and perhaps not only are you angry with the other person for doing what they did or for being who they are or whatever that looks like, you're also angry with yourself. You're mad at yourself for not knowing what you know now. You're mad at yourself for not having the strength to leave this relationship. You're mad at yourself for not raising the standards. You're mad at yourself for putting up for with what you put up with. So there's anger and there's betrayal and there's all kinds of uncomfortable feelings that really come up. And this is where we start going to the gym all the time. This is where we start needing some kind of an outlet to release the, the stress or the, or the anger that we're feeling. And really what this like deep grief is telling us is that we haven't settled into what's really at the bottom, at the foundation of all of these emotions, which is just utter sadness. When we go through all of these different types of stages, there's a huge part where I think for a lot of people, they feel very depressed or they feel really sad, like really sad, not just like, oh, I feel sad and I'm crying because I've gone through this experience. I'm talking real, utter devastation and pain. And that's because there's a sense that what I wanted didn't come to fruition. And there's a sense that I got duped. And there's a sense of real loss that feels unconsolable at times. A feeling of, I'm never going to love again. A fear of, I'm. what if I never actually meet someone who's healthy? A fear of, quite frankly, everyone's narcissistic. You know, if you're learning enough about this stuff, there's going to be a period where you're going to become obsessed with, and so aware of everyone else that you realize like, my God, like everyone's messed up. (laughs) Like everyone has something. And so I always tell people the healthiest people in the world are not the people that have nothing wrong with them because those are actually the people that are probably the most messed up. The people that are the healthiest are the ones that know what's going on inside of them, where their wounds are, where their triggers are, and they're actively working on healing and and fixing them. They take responsibility for their life. They don't put anything on your shoulders. And those are the healthy people. You're always going to find someone with something because we all have baggage. We all don't get to experience this life experience and never, and get away scot-free and don't have anything from our past. I don't care who you talk to. And believe me, I've talked to enough people around the world that come from all walks of life and different backgrounds, and no one gets away scot-free without something that they're carrying around with them. So what's healthy is, do you acknowledge what that is? Do you know what that is? And are you actively working on healing and fixing that part of you and fixing that stuff? Are you are you that conscious enough to recognize when that stuff shows up That's the difference between someone that's healthy versus someone that has a personality disorder. When you're coming out of this type of relationship and the grieving that you're doing and the depression that you feel, a lot of the times your whole world is kind of all over the place right now. You you might be going through a painful breakup. You might be going through a divorce. There's 100% going to be some uncertainty in your future that you're going to feel. And that uncomfortable feeling that you're experiencing is going to cause bits and pieces of anxiety or panic or depression because there's too much going on in the mind. There's too much to process. I've talked extensively about when we go through traumas and experiencing post-traumatic stress and sometimes when we go through something and grieving, the grieving, the grief process process is no different in the sense that you can't do it all in one day. And so when we go through a painful experience, there's 
time that you have to give yourself in order to heal. We all hear that, but it's what you do in that time that really is going to determine, number one, how long it takes, and number two, do you actually heal? So when you're going through this phase of sadness, of anger, of depression, you're kind of all over the place, the biggest thing to do is almost let yourself be organic and kind of flow in these different phases, but you just don't want to stay in one place for too long. That's kind of the key to grieving is to go through these phases. It's a part of the process and you're going to go through these phases, um, but not to stay there too long and start to slowly pick up the pieces of your life. So you're not going to end a relationship today that you were in for 25 years and tomorrow night you got a date at eight o'clock for dinner. That's never going to happen. I mean, it could happen, but it's definitely not healthy to happen. It's about looking at your life and taking one day at a time. What's the first thing that's on the list that I need to start working on? Is it that I need to move out? Is it that I need to find a better social circle? Is it that I need more support? Is it that I need to hire a therapist? Is it that I need to find ways on how to like soothe myself and cope with what I'm dealing with? So it's a multitude of things. And then as you start to feel better, then you graduate to the next level of like, okay, maybe I'm ready to buy a new house. Maybe I'm ready to date. Maybe I'm ready to start picking up the pieces of my life in this other area of my life. You can't take on every single area of your life in one day. It's just not going to happen. So the part that's going to help you is to understand that it's a process and you have to accept that you're in this process. And really what you're doing is you're trying to survive. You're trying to survive what you've been through, you know, heal, survive, thrive. Like that's what it's there for, you know, heal and, and go through everything that you need to feel and experience, learn, educate yourself, work on your inner self, work on self-development, work on parenting yourself legit it will save your life and transform your life if you know how to parent yourself I'm just saying survive is I got to go through the motions of what it is that I'm going through and I can't deny myself that I'm here Um, I have to accept it and then I have to grieve that because maybe I don't want to be here right it's a whole cycle and then thriving which is hell I'm out of here I'm out of here. The dust is settled. I feel better. I'm not mourning this anymore. Life's getting good. I'm creating some good stuff in my life. I feel excited about the future. I mean, and that's what we all want. So that's the huge part of these relationships that no one really talks about is what does it actually mean to heal? What does it actually mean to survive? What does it mean to really thrive? Um, And that's what I talk about extensively on this channel. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please don't forget to comment, to follow, go on YouTube, check out some videos. Um, I always love hearing from you guys. Thank you guys so much for all of your love and support. This podcast is doing such amazing things and I feel so honored and blessed to be doing something that I really love and that it's helping you guys. And I always love getting your feedback and hearing the after stories. You know, I hear so much of, I just ended this relationship. And when I also get the email of like, oh my God, I'm six months out of that relationship or I'm a year out. This is amazing. I feel so great. You know, that's the stuff that I just, I absolutely love. So keep sending that stuff along uh, and I will see you next week.